Newspaper readers are ageing. The younger you are, the more likely you are to get your news from TikTok. So there's been this congressman, okay, who's been taking social media by storm. If you don't watch Fox News, here are five totally real and definitely not made up stories you might have missed this week. Hey besties, here's the Robert Troy story in 60 seconds. Today, there is a big generational divide in where we get our information. And it applies to a relatively new medium like podcasting too. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably at least in your 20s. Those of us working in the media are often asked to think about what we will do to attract a younger audience. Here's Irish Times feature writer Patrick Frayne. So a while ago, my colleague Connor Kaplis thought it would be a really good idea to have our Irish Times magazine taken over by a bunch of teenagers because we don't usually speak to that demographic and we often do not understand that demographic. So he contacted, he got his permission. Uh, Kira Kenny, our magazine editor, was fully on board. Um, he contacted Fighting Words, and uh, which is a creative writing NGO that deals with young people. And uh, six brilliant volunteers came forward did we uh, put you off journalism for life? <laughs> oh, for sure. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Leisha Malumbi, Dara Kelly, Ben Lynch, Victoria Viller, Grace Doyle and Neve Moriarty. And then they went and wrote this week's magazine. I wrote my piece about trying to look for the reason of why so many teenage girls quit sports. Mine centres around music amongst young people. I wrote my piece about secondhand fashion. So we did it about uh, TikTok and, you know, how it affects uh, young people mainly. I tried my best throughout my piece to bring the reader along with me on a day out and see the different hurdles that I would face throughout the day as a wheelchair user. This is in the news from the Irish Times. I'm Bernice Harrison. Today, what matters to Irish teenagers? We let them tell us. So, Patrick, as you explained, this weekend's Irish Times magazine, it's available on Saturday, has been written entirely by teenagers. And you got those six teenagers, young people, Gen Zers, whatever you want to call them, six people to come into the podcast studio to talk about it all. So we had um, these workshops, which were really good fun. And no offence to my colleagues in the Irish Times, but more fun than it normally is in the office. And we talked about the things they were interested in. So one of the things that kept coming up was social media and TikTok and the very ambivalent feelings they have about that. Do you see news on social media? Yeah, it's yeah. it's not always... Uh, not always factual. Yeah, not, <laughs> not always, you know. It's And it's usually only extreme. I mean, a lot of news is extreme, but it, especially on social media, it's the most extreme parts of news they can think of to get your comments and your views. It also, with the headlines, it's kind of, whether you realise it or not, it's kind of already telling you what opinion you should have. I find that it's 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 very biased a lot of the time, those those quick headlines that would be, you know, shared posts on Instagram and stuff. There's a bit of ambivalence in their feeling about social media. They, I think everybody, no matter what their age, who is on those platforms thinks that they use the platforms too much. Um, in another way, they find, I guess, some of the adult way of talking about it slightly cartoonish because they are so used to it and they live with it so much, whereas... Uh, for my generation, it was something that came into our lives in adulthood. Um, and I don't think that we necessarily have the correct perspective on it. And I 
don't think they necessarily have the correct perspective on it either. But there's something in the discussion that's really interesting because you realize that things you take for granted are not the things they take for granted about those platforms. TikTok and, has, and short form media has become like quite a big thing and it's is changing a lot of things. I think it's important that we kind of get it out there and let everyone like kind of get onto the same page about how to like kind of have a more healthy relationship with TikTok because like TikTok is great, but it can be a massive time waster if you want to like pursue what you want to do with life. And then like you don't really want to say, oh, I spent my teen years on TikTok. Like that's not that's not the goal, I suppose. And it's like this is like, a lot of people will just say that a lot of TikTok is like bad or whatever and stuff, but they don't really say how do you deal with that. You have a lot of articles sometimes that all oh, this terrible stuff is happening. Can we do anything about it? No. Uh, we try to avoid that in our article. I would love to see someone write about the differences in how our generation versus an older generation perceive technology and social media. I feel like that's a, a conversation that I've had a lot recently. And maybe if the TikTok article was written by an adult, it would be from a really different perspective. It would just so, be me being frightened. <laughs> the whole piece, 2,000 words I, of terror. I find me. it really interesting to sort of see how differently people think about it. Because I would say our generation has seen like a lot of TikTok and what it can do. And we notice what it does to us, whereas the older generations would have a... I would say a lot more of a frightened approach. So I would be really interested to read more about that. From your generation's perspective, if you think about news on social media, what are the subjects that keep coming up again and again that you'd be seeing? I follow a lot of like social justice accounts. So I'll see like, uh, it's usually American stuff. Like this law was passed about abortion or um, this law was passed like against LGBT people, stuff like that, that I'm really interested in. They consume way more international content than my generation of journalists did when they were younger. And therefore, they are a bit more focused on bigger world issues. It's kind of strange how divorced mainstream media that I consume is from the media young people consume. So a lot of the discussions were about the differences in how we access information and the way they get information versus how people my age get information. Also, I find that it's really hard, the young people bracket in general, yeah. because if you look at teenagers, the difference between a 15-year-old and an 18-year-old is, you know, huge. So I think it's... I feel like everything written about young people is always to do with school. It's about, you know, something with the Department of Education, and it's not really about issues outside of that. What would the issues be that you kind of feel are being missed? <sighs> like, stuff to do, well, like, there's a huge... Well, at the moment, there's the really bad um, rise of, you know, use of, like, drugs and cocaine and stuff like that, which isn't really being talked about um, or reported on. And... I know that's a very serious topic, but like stuff like, yeah, anything that's outside of the school life, basically, because that's not all that young people are doing. Yeah, that's interesting to hear. And it makes sense because, look, nobody likes to be taken for granted just because they belong in a particular age group. I think all generalized terms are kind of reductive. So there's obviously a huge difference between the average 13-year-old and the average 17-year-old. Um, we focused kind of around the 16, 17, 18 age bracket. Um, I 
also think that it's even in the way I'm talking here, it's kind of reductive because there's as much variety and difference in any cohort as there is between cohorts. So like there's huge diversity of thought and opinion amongst teenagers. So there's a there's a kind of <laughs> unavoidable reductive patronizing kind of thing that comes in whenever you do things like that. But I think the reality is they just did some really good work for the magazine. And it just got me thinking about the kinds of outreach newspapers like us should be doing more generally. I feel like a lot of adult journalists, not to diss anyone, you all do a brilliant job. (laughs) I feel that sometimes they try too hard to address a, a teen or a younger audience and it feels forced in a way. I would totally agree. I find personalized columns not so much an easier read, but a more understandable read when I can feel the person through the page. I find sometimes when people try to address young people, it's quite forced. So I would love to read more about climate change, animal rights, big animal lover, and human rights, especially in other countries, more kind of Middle Eastern. I don't feel like that's covered enough in Irish media. Just generally then, is there a kind of sense that when your generation is getting news, part of it is about your particular interests? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah. Rather than, so uh, the Irish Times, for example, would be like, everything we think is important in Ireland at the moment, right? Um, But it's kind of quite a broad brush. Like, that's kind of how newspapers typically work. But that's not kind of your experience of news online. Yeah, I mean, I think people will still see, like, the big things. Like, no matter who you are, what interests you have, like, you'll still see the big things. But then people will see the more niche things towards their interests, you know, compared to what other interests people would have. So it doesn't sound like they see newspapers as particularly relevant to them. Why? They did talk about what they thought about newspapers and what they think about newspapers is they don't think about them often at all. And they're very, very, very rarely in their uh, in their sites. So in, even in the, I think in the average home now, there's just not as many newspapers brought in. Like, would you ever pick up like a newspaper as opposed to looking at the equivalent article online? No. I wouldn't personally, no. If it was there, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> if there's you're at the hairdresser. They're all listening outside. There's people crying in the newsroom. Yeah. Um, Sorry, guys. <laughs> so that was fascinating. I felt a little bit like I was showing them a spinning Jenny or an old steam engine <laughs> or a monocle or something. Um, in other ways, they are incredibly media savvy um, because in a way... They are in contact with, actually not in a way, just in reality, they're in contact with way more media and way more content than my generation ever was. Well, I, well, personally, I like to listen. My three podcasts would be The Irish Times, one, of course, um, the, <laughs> the, the, the Guardian and the New York, the, the New York Times one. And the reason why is because I find that like listening to someone's voice, I actually remember it more, I find, than, than just reading it. And also if I'm clearing out my room, I can multitask, listen to the news and um, do something productive. Yes. What about you, Grace? We'd probably get the news in the house from like the TV, but we don't really buy. I remember we had a good few newspapers when I was younger, but we don't really buy them anymore. It's more whatever my dad tells me, but that could be online as well. One of the things 
Uh, we asked was what they thought about the Ryan Tuberty RTE thing. And there was a sense that it wasn't that interesting to them, you know, um, that it is a small parochial thing that is of huge interest to readers of the Irish Times, but not necessarily somebody who's 17 and is watching the planet burn. That comes from like the, we're trying to make money, we're trying to target our target audience type of thing, because I think a lot of middle-aged people would be very interested in the Ryan Tuberty story, you know, because like they've been watching that and they wouldn't be as interested in climate change. You know, obviously there are, but like, I feel like that's newspapers being like, oh yeah, this would, this story would work better for our target audience. Let's make this the big one. I also think with the Ryan Tuberty situation, there's no real stakes to it. It's just entertainment. People, you know, everyone likes to see someone tear it down. It's, it's kind of, you know, people, you know, but I think that the difference with something like climate change, everyone feels really uncomfortable reading about it. I definitely do because it's really serious and kind of depressing because we're not really doing anything about it. So I think that in terms of the Ryan Tuberty thing, it's a more comfortable read because, you know, no one else is really affected by it. The positivity thing is interesting because I think because social media is a flood of stuff now and I don't, like that wasn't there when I was your age. Um, do you think having some positive content is important to you? Is that is that an important issue? I think maybe this is just me, but something with our generation is there's always this like imminent dread because we have to deal with climate change because the older generations don't want to or they don't feel it's important so there's something about the stresses of knowing that once we reach a certain age it's going to be completely up to us so we look for ways to kind of ease that and find more positive ways to surround things and make ourselves happier about it but I think it is definitely really frustrating to see the lack of interest in climate change from older generations, especially when it will definitely impact our futures. But I find maybe that's what makes me enjoy positive media more because it eases my mind. <laughs> yeah, I think it's quite dangerous because I think human beings generally, like, they, I think they focus on the negative more and they, it's easier to write and create content about negative stuff, I think, and for people just to see the negative stuff going on in the world and write articles about that. So I think we're kind of living in a world where most of the stuff we see is negative and then the odd positive thing will pop up and we will just scroll past it and like think about all the other bad stuff. So I don't know if maybe, I know it's hard because a lot of the news that's headline worthy is negative, but maybe if newspapers could try make it more of a split of positive and negative stories, it might be beneficial. Yeah, I think news should be more kind of geared towards the progressive, like this is wrong, but this is how we change it. Like, for example, there's corruption, but this is how it's been changing or this is how it's getting better. And also educating people on what's what's going on the kind of background of why it's happening because I find a lot of a lot of news is just this awful thing has happened okay now this awful thing has happened um with kind of no hope for the future it's so interesting to get that window into the minds of people in that age bracket sadly although they seem like positive people it's quite a dark outlook in some ways 
Yeah, so there was a kind like it's very interesting. Like the de- the demographic you're part of has a huge impact on your life, and in the discussion we had for the podcast, um, like things like housing, that issue weighs heavily on them in a way that is more abstract for older people who might own their own homes. Um, they're very conscious that they might be living at home a lot longer than previous generations. The housing crisis has been really saddening to see. Um, you know, there are different milestones in people's life and you reach a point and you move out and you get your first house or apartment and it's so special. Whereas now the idea of being able to do that is near impossible. I have two older sisters and they really struggle with the idea of moving out because, you know, it's the natural progression of humanity. You want to start your own life and your own independence. But the financial position of our country and so many other countries just won't allow that. So some people have to start their families still at home. And it just really saddens me to think that that's what's becoming the new normal. Actually, the housing, I might ask you all about that. Like, you're all at the point where you know, in the next five, six years, depending where you're going to college or something, you might be moving out normally. But I'm, I'm wondering what your thoughts are that uh, that now in Ireland as things stand with the housing crisis. Yeah, like it's a bit scary to think of that. Like it's kind of like a, I might be staying at home for ages, I might not. I mean, it's just like it's not, where I want things to be and I don't really know how to fix it or how maybe other people do but I don't know so it's kind of a topic that I can't really I kind of just try to ignore and it's like you know like cram it behind that door until I have to face it but I will face it so it's weird to think of that it's scary to think of being I don't want to sound mean like I love my house and I love my family but you know you don't want to move out eventually it's scary to think that you won't have that option but also to think about the people around you who don't have as good of a situation at home and don't um, can't simply just stay at home and commute somewhere and get all these things who are just don't can't afford it and can't get out of these situations. It's quite depressing to think that a milestone in life that was once so exciting and like a new adventure is now something that people start to dread because if you value your health and your safety and you're not in a position of complete financial stability here then you're not going to end up living somewhere that's safe and it it's just really sad to think that those happy memories would be tarnished by worries of finances. I also think it makes like as I've been talking to my older siblings about it it makes people very cynical about Ireland as a whole and Loads of people are moving now to to London, Australia, all these places. So, yeah, I just think if you don't have somewhere to live, why would people want to stay here? When you think of that, you have a perspective on that. So an awful lot of the people, say, writing in the Irish Times um, would be people who are past that point. So they're, they might be worried about it for their kids, but they're not experiencing what you're experiencing, which is a certain worry about your fi- immediate future um is that something you think your generation or people like ye would have a good handle on writing about definitely especially people in their young 20s i feel like they are really experiencing the brunt of the cost of living crisis that we're in at the moment so having that demographic on board could be really interesting 
are, are there things that you think your generation has a better handle or understanding of than the likes of me who might be writing it in the newspaper? Issues that really affect us, sort of. <laughs> like, <True. laughs> it's, it's easy to talk about the cost of living and the technicalities of it, but it's easier to write about it when you're at the end of it and you're dealing with it. So I think young people who are actually being affected by it would have a better grasp or a better understanding of it themselves to make other people see it in their perspective than someone saying, oh, this is why. Patrick, the magazine is out on Saturday and I encourage everyone to go out and pick it up off the shelves to read what Leisha, Dara, Ben, Victoria, Grace and Neve have written. Any final takeaways from you on this experiment, what you've learned from it? During it and after it, a number of them said that they wish this stuff was kind of taught in school. Um, And I think what they got from it and also what I got from it is that there's an awful lot more analysis, particularly when you think cross-generationally, of why we do things the way we do things and how you analyse information and how they analyse information. Like, in a lot of ways, they're way more savvy about weighing things up online than, you know, people who, in middle age, who believe everything they read in Facebook. In other ways, I think that they don't have the more central kind of mainstream hubs that um, older people in Ireland had. There is no sense that there is a central place they can go for their news or their information. And the idea that they would go to the Irish Times is a little bit like saying, why don't you go to the lectures of Charles Dickens? So it's not um, necessarily, uh, it's not necessarily what they it's not necessarily catering to what they need so they did think that um i came away from it thinking that there needs to be a place uh where young people can read and produce news yeah i'm just thinking now like when we all grow up and when we're all older are we gonna also be having these discussions with younger people, being like, oh, you know. (laughs) It's the eternal cycle. You'll be working for the Irish Times, it'll be in space. It's a really wide cohort. You know, there's lots and lots of people in that age group, and there is no way we manage to reflect the whole country in this. Uh, But I think it's a start. Cool. Thanks a million. I really enjoyed this chat, and I really enjoyed doing this whole project and meeting you. Thanks very much, Patrick. That's it for today. To read The Teenagers' Takeover of the Irish Times magazine, pick up a copy of the Irish Times Weekend or subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. I'm Bernice Harrison. This episode was produced by Declan Conlon and Connor Kaplis. Grace, one of the young people we've been listening to, is in a band called Hey Mom. And this is one of their songs, I Don't Want to Be Alone. In the news, we'll be back on Monday. Gotta start going to bed earlier, earless time to spend alone. Whatever I'm thinking about, don't think I'll ever let anyone know. I want the sun to come flooding through my windows and light twin flames in my eyes. Keep them burning brightly and keep the dark out at night. Wherever
Thank you. 